Hey, welcome to the Bible Podcast. I'm Troy. And I'm Chris. This is Maurice. Maurice, our Star Wars expert. Thank you for joining us today. And you know, if Maurice is on the podcast, that means we're probably talking about Star Wars. We just had, well, not just, I feel like, it feels like it's, it hasn't even been a week, but it feels like it's been a lot longer. But Obi-Wan just wrapped up. I mean, in this time where, you know, that same day, Multiverse of Madness was on Disney+, Plus, a new episode of Miss Marvel, and then you got another episode of The Boys. So in terms of, like, life, and content. It, it's only been, it's only <laughs> been like, a, a few days at this point for us. But in the, in the old time, this would have been, like, a period of six months with all that stuff that came out in the last week. And I'm sure we all would have had, like, the always sunny in Philadelphia board in each of our apartment if it was the old times being like how does this all connect together but thanks to the internet and experts like Maurice we are able to do that in less than a week and get that full picture so since we're talking about we won we've covered a lot of it or a lot of like the stuff that was happening the first couple episodes on our previous one if you haven't seen it go watch it because that's what we're talking about but we're going to talk a little bit about what this means for some of these characters kind of going forward and what other gaps might potentially get filled in from this season of Obi-Wan because there's a theory that I've heard and I'm like, if that's the only reason you guys spent $300 million, that's kind of cheesy, but I don't know. So like, what, how, did you, how did you guys feel? How did you feel this series enhanced things or it made the story better for some of those characters? I love that, you know, for, for me, and we talked about it in the last episode, uh, Maurice, it was um, that last episode is all I needed. <laughs> it could have it could have been that, that just that, you know, that 10 minute fight with that little like one minute of, you know, that peak in Anakin's soul and Obi-Wan saying sorry. That's all I needed. Like the, the rest of the stuff, to be honest, don't even care. <laughs> the end that kind of like suggests like, hey, you know, Obi-Wan might have some more adventures or you know, Reva being redeemed and all that, that obviously sets up some things and it does a good job of kind of like, you know, showing some things of time we filled in the gaps with, with comic books and our imagination. But seeing Ewan's performance, you know, when he, you know, that tear in his eye, when he's saying, I'm, I'm sorry for all of it. And, you know, Anakin, you see, hear him. And this was like a beautifully directed scene from the cinematography, the lighting, the dialogue, the performances, the the tear in Hayden Christensen's eyes as it's falling down his prosthetic face, all those things were just like I teared up watching that and that's all I all I needed. The other stuff, you can get wrapped up into the plot holes and you know how frustrating some of it can be especially when there's so many resources, they spent so much time writing these scripts, you're like why isn't this a little bit better or whatever. But you know, it's Star Wars. It's it's for kids, you know, and I felt that moment between Anakin and, and Darth, I mean, Anakin and Obi-Wan and Darth, you know, they're kind of like three characters at this point. That's what I needed. That was for the adults. That was for the prequel kids. And I think $300 million was worth it for that moment. I 100% agree with you. I think <laughs> what they wanted to do was they wanted to give us that, that classic moment where we got to see their their identities clash and, and feel that tension between them. We could see it, but it was like a visceral feeling that the audience was getting participating in that battle along with them. It's a great way to end the episode. I kind of wish it had ended with them. Uh, instead, it was cut in between with the things that are going on with uh, Reva and Luke and Owen, which, which is a whole other thing. But 
as far as the final episode, I thought it was a great ending. Now, you know, if I had to just do like a, a vague rating of the entire season or even that episode, I'd say it's like somewhere in between like a, a six and a half, seven and a half. Like I really enjoyed it. I didn't think it was anything to go writing home about, at least not all the way through. I thought we got a lot of great points from Obi-Wan, a lot of great points from Vader. Wish we had a little bit more. I don't know if they did this as a setup to get more Disney Plus subscribers and maybe tease spinoffs later on. Um, I know there's already been rumors about uh, Anakin, Darth Vader, Hayden Christensen having his own kind of spinoff show that takes place after this time period. There's been rumors about Ewan McGregor coming back for season two. Uh, there's a lot that they can go with. They clearly, you know, they left Reva alive so they can clearly use her in future projects, whether it's uh, we'll see her in maybe the new Fallen Order video game. You know, she could show up there and have some kind of adventure with Cal Kestis since they were both would have been Padawans around the same time. We can even, or just see her in comics. I don't know. So they, they clearly planted her as a way to develop future projects in different media. That being said, I really, really enjoyed what we got between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan. There are moments during that battle where I felt the pain for both of them. I felt it for Obi-Wan. I felt sorry for him. I felt sorry for, for Anakin and slash Darth Vader. Even at that point where the tide of the battle finally turns and Obi-Wan has the upper hand and he's like throwing all the, the rocks at him. I felt bad for Vader. And I'm like, I'm not supposed to feel bad for the, the bad guy, but I do. He's been through so much. And like, here he is. He's still losing in this instance to Obi-Wan. He's, he's, he's already lost everything and he's still suffering further. And it's just, you, you don't feel like anyone comes out of that battle as a victor. And I think they really handled the tone really well with that. You feel the pain from both characters. You feel this division that they can't come back from. And it feels at your core. Unfortunately, they're doing that at the same time that they're doing like this battle with Reva. And it, the tone just doesn't hit on the same level. It was good to resolve her storyline. It was good to see how they tie up Luke finally getting that toy ship from the uh, original movies. and. It was great seeing uh, Qui-Gon at the very end, even though we only got him for like three seconds. But it, it was good. It was nice. It was it was a nice note to end the series on. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about the plot holes for kids. but And I've got the answers for the plot holes. But <laughs> the biggest one, dude, why didn't you just kill Darth Vader? You had half his mask off. Like, you didn't even try and sabotage his ship so that he had to stay on that planet. You're like, Oh, hey, man, like, I know it's, all right, yeah, you're just not my friend anymore, you're not the person I knew, I'm so disappointed and depressed and sad, I'm gonna walk away, I'm gonna walk away, because it's just like, oh, it's not, you know, I just can't, it's not worth it, or I just can't do it, like, it's not the Jedi way, okay, cool, all those excuses. But he, he walked away the first time. In his head, he, you know, he thought Anakin Vader was dead, but the first time he didn't confirm that kill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and this, this time, time you're just like, you're like, cool, all right, later. Yeah, <laughs> you know, for, for me, I, I think uh, listening to Maurice and kind of like thinking about it, you know, like Star Wars has this, uh, this weird fantastical and like lore to it and mythology to it. I do like the idea of Anakin Vader never, ever being able to beat Obi-Wan. 
Like, even when he did beat him, he did not. <laughs> so it was like Obi-Wan letting himself, letting himself go to the Force and becoming a Force ghost. So I like that idea of like, hey, even though Vader is this all-powerful Sith Lord, in the end, he's still a Padawan. He's still a Padawan to um, Palpatine. He's still, Obi-Wan is still his master. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's what was great for that scene to tie back into episode four. And the only thing I can think of, of like, okay, this is the reason why he just didn't kill him, is if you remove Darth Vader from everything going on in the Empire at that point in time, everything is just going to get a hundred million times worse for everyone else. The Empire will retaliate even more. There'll be even more searches for your Force-sensitive kids. There'll be even higher recruitments for the Inquisitors and a new apprentice for uh, Darth Sidious. So, like, there's... It, it would everything would just escalate to an ex, to a way higher extreme, and we don't know because it's not said, and that's just an assumption that Obi Wan was kind of aware of that. He's like, look, if I take out Vader, I don't have anyone else to take out the rest of the Empire, and it's just going to be even more oppression. That's not said, but that's like my best guess as to why we just didn't take him out, and um, because it because it didn't take him out, he's like, hey. You're you're pursuing him too much now, Darth Vader. Like just just forget about him. You're you're being too emotional. So in a weird way, I think they still love each other. You know, it's the same reason that Darth didn't kill him in that third episode. You know, a lot of people are like, why did he let him get away? It's like, well, that's that's his brother. That's his best friend, you know? And I think that's when when eventually they have that final clash in, in episode four, it, it still is that emotion, you know? You know, Obi-Wan is always the master, and I, I feel like it was. He still felt bad. He still felt, I think, even though he says goodbye, Darth, and he feels that his friend is dead at that moment, there's a piece of him that, like, is hopeful. He's regained his connection to the Force, and I feel like he foresees what he needs to do. It's not being crazy Jedi master and, you know, slaying the Sith. It's about protecting these two kids, and that's what he's committed to, and that's what he's going to go back to. So that's why I felt it. I... I liked everything about Obi-Wan's arc in the show. It really is the, all the other stuff. I felt like that, you know, dynamic between him and, and Darth was very much in line with some of the expanded universe stuff and, and some of the things we've put in our head in terms of like their brotherhood and friendship. If I had to take a stab at it, I think I'm, I'm of two minds of the two minds of the situation. I think Obi-Wan either couldn't bring himself to do it just because of his emotional attachment to Anakin. He just, in that moment, cannot bring himself to actually give the final blow. Or, because of the emotion of the moment, he's kind of letting go. Up until this point, he had this kind of reservation that the Jedi had to come back and that he had to train Luke at some point. Luke was supposed to go and grow up and like kind of restore the order and save the, the the galaxy or whatever, right? And then by the end of the series, he realizes, you know what? I'm I'm not supposed to be teaching him. I'm supposed to let Luke be a child. I'm supposed to let Leia learn to lead on her own. And he's going to go off and do his own thing without even communicating to Qui-Gon. He didn't really have any plan. I think he was just trying to let go. And I think Qui-Gon's going to tell him, like, no, like, you, you were supposed to let go of some things, but we have to move forward with other things like the force is still here there's balance that still has to be made and that's what he's going to go out to learn that he still has more to learn himself about the force which is great because again in the books 
you know, Obi-Wan is really like a stickler for the fine details of the dogma and the, the Jedi code versus Qui-Gon was always about, you know, this is what the force is actually supposed to be about. This is what it means. It's not about all the rules and, and all the, the mantra and stuff. It's really about the connection that you have with the force and with the people around you and how you leverage that. So hopefully he finally learns because <laughs> his whole life is he's really just been trying to live by the book and the book doesn't really help him out. And so now he's finally really to let that go and kind of just go about his life. He says he's free at the end. He tells Reva she's free to go live her life. And then Qui-Gon shows up like, now that you've let go, you can actually see and hear me and we can actually get things done. But you were holding on for too long. Yeah, I think that, I think that that's a pretty pivotal part of it. And I think that also kind of plays a little bit into like the, the Ray story of, you know, like letting go a certain point kind of also falls in, onto Luke when he gets a little bit older. But just to switch it from Luke into Leia real quick, the part where like Obi-Wan's telling her about her parents, I was like... <laughs> so many tears were falling down like oh man yeah. I she got some good character development she was a good uh good great moments for like you know ben which that's the, that's the joke this entire 350 million was all spent so that we understand the importance of why she named her kid ben so you're right <laughs> but yeah that was a great moment but i do think you're right like overall for the force i will fall back on that and the strategic moments of kenobi not killing vader you need to let go, but also the strategic moments. That's why it happens. I'll call that as satisfactory. Yeah. I, um, can, I can accept that, but you're right. He should have killed Vader. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's no question what he should have done. <laughs> I mean, they should have left that kid in the desert. That's that's the, the, the number one thing. Um, they but... could have got off the planet without him. He had to win the speed racer race to get the parts they needed. Yeah, I, I guess they. I mean, they could have still left them there. <laughs> um, no, but you know, true. But we've we've kind of touched on it. I think Riva had you know an arc, but I think it, it definitely is a little weird that you know they're trying to convince us like, hey, this is very suspenseful when we know she's gonna come back <laughs> with uh, with Luke, and you know, like I, I I think everyone telegraphed that kind of that moment so it, it didn't hit the the way i think it, it could have in a lot of ways i do think it was cool that that you know in the end her and obi-wan kind of get that moment where they're both freed from the shackles of order 66 <laughs> you know that night had you know such a big impact on both of them you know and it, it definitely haunts them in a lot of ways and in Reva's case, it has driven her to the point where she is and where in Obi-Wan's case has driven him away. <laughs> it's pushed him very, very far out. So I like that. But again, I think sort of why her character suffers in a lot of ways is that it was done a lot better in, in Fallen Order. We had just seen, you know, that Inquisitor story, Order 66 with the pad one. Like we we just saw it and it was a, it was really good and a lot more engaging and a lot more believable when those things happen. Also Vader wrecked <laughs> in that game in that little moment. So but how great of a lightsaber user is Vader he didn't kill her two times. And what the second time was point blank. 
That was well, that you know, I, I in the previous episode, the force food thing he was doing was pretty cool. You know, that was. it was cool to see the the Vader that we had seen in the comic books and video games for a brief moment. Obviously, when he went up against Obi-Wan, that all went out the window because <laughs> Obi-Wan just hit you know, hit him in the chest and he's like, I can't breathe. <laughs> it still was a great moment, still well choreographed and stuff like that. But you know, Reva definitely suffered in that way. And, and again, when you're when this show really, and they gave us it, it really needed to be all about Obi-Wan and Vader. There was really no room for, for subplots. I think Leia was done well. It definitely built out the lore even more in terms of like the the Jedis that are still out there. And, you know, sometimes it, it makes it like, because, you know, most of this Star Wars film content we've gotten is really around the Skywalker clan that it, sometimes hard to like step back and be like oh there's a much bigger universe so i think you touched on it troy a little bit too it's like hey like if obi-wan killed vader does it really help there's still an empire it's not like palpatine is going to be in his castle like oh my god i don't have vader what what, what would i ever do like now we've got to turn this all around <laughs> so i i think a, another reason he didn't do it was like he's like hey like i i've beat him i've beat him again <laughs> This is over with. If we fight again, he's going to lose again. <laughs> so I just need to worry about my life and getting back on path. But, you know, I, I do hope that that Riva does get some sort of more fleshed out story because there's obviously, I think her, it was very visceral to see, you know, her remember Anakin that night. I thought that was cool. I just hope, you know, it doesn't become something like Finn where it's just like, it's all forgotten. You know what I mean? Oh it's, it's never like, it's this great idea that, you know, was fumbled for a plot twist or something. And then you just ignore them, you know, like, like, Hey, where's our Finn comic book? Where's our Finn like game? You know what I mean? To kind of like make that right. So hopefully, you know, especially in the space of these TV series and animated series, you know, they do her right and are able to flesh it out a little bit more and don't make her, I think it's, it's a big burden to kind of be like, Hey, like in a lot of ways, she's the, the second biggest character in the show, you know, Vader's there and he does have that emotional thing, but it's really done in, in bits and pieces. Like Reva has like two, three episodes that are almost like told through her perspective, you know, and she's the one that drives everything. She's the one that brought Leia into the story. She's the yeah. one that found Obi-Wan. So she's the catalyst for the entire series. Yeah. Pretty much. So it, it, it would be crazy to kind of like drop that character despite sort of like, you know, the way people feel about it. I do think there's a lot there and I think they should make it right, you know, because again, Star Wars history with, with characters like that, they bring those characters in and then they highlight them and then people get upset. And then instead of being like, hey, like, how do we step back and figure out how to make this better and maybe put them in something else? They like put them in a background role, you know, like Rose, like, like she was just so important in The Last Jedi. And then in the next movie is just like, eh. <laughs> and yeah. then Finn too, you're like, oh, like, you know, he's on the posters with, with a lightsaber and all that. And then, eh. Nothing. Let's forget. Let's forget it. So I, I hope they, they make it right. And there's just a lot of space. I think like what's great about Star Wars now is like where it was frustrating with those sequels where you're like, oh, these are this is all I'm getting. And they're like, it feels like they are like we're taking such a step back. Like if something's not like your cup of tea, like Book of Boba Fett, hey, Obi-Wan's a, a month away. <laughs> so um, I do hope they um, they expand it and we see a little bit more of the universe outside of the Skywalkers. Yeah, so that being said, 
what is going to be next? Like, is, is there going to be a season two of Obi-Wan? We're going to go somewhere else. I think it would be great if we saw some connections to why the Empire eventually had to get volunteers for stormtroopers, but that's like, you know, more Mandalorian side than Obi-Wan side. Because Finn did has, he has the biggest disservice as a character. Like you said, you put him on a poster holding a lightsaber and then it's a big uh, bait and switch. And yeah. But anyways, where do you guys want to see go next? Season two or a completely different series, like potentially for like Darth Vader's own series or something like that? I think it would be absolutely like as much as I love Ewan McGregor and as much as my girlfriend loves seeing him, <laughs> well, she doesn't <laughs> talk about how sexy Obi-Wan is now, but, uh, <laughs> but um, I'd actually really, really, since especially since Hayden Christensen is like really, really like embracing the the Star Wars fandom again and, and the shows and the, the media. And uh, because he's already expressed that he'd really be interested in participating in it. I'd love to see him in a spinoff. I'd love to see the version of Vader that, like, we got to see this conflict between him and Obi-Wan, but I want to see a Vader that's just ruthless, doesn't care. He's just out to, to take care of whatever he needs to take care of as efficient as possible, and he doesn't care who gets in his way. What's great about the Inquisitors in the uh, comics, Palpatine was using the Inquisitors to see if he could replace Vader because... You know, Vader, of course, lost his limbs and he, he didn't have the body that he wanted anymore. Palpatine's plan was always to, like, reinvent himself with whoever the next apprentice was so he could just be immortal. And now Vader is, you know, handicapped. He was looking for replacements constantly. And that's one of the reasons why he has the Inquisitorius. So if we got to see a series where, like, either before Obi-Wan or after where the Inquisitors are always just constantly trying to like test Vader or like take him out behind his back or backstab him or whatever. And he's just like trying to be in charge of them, but also make sure that none of them get too far out of line. I'd love to see a series like that. Or if it's a series that details the conflict in his relationship between Vader and Grand Moff, because they didn't have a good relationship. They hated each other for a long time, a Grand Moff Tarkin. Tarkin found out that Vader was Anakin just based on how they fight each other. There's this whole series where Tarkin and Vader end up on a planet like Tarkin's home planet and Vader has to, oh no, Tarkin is hunting Vader in the, in the wilderness and Vader has to survive long enough so that Tarkin doesn't kill him. And that's how they finally get each other's respect. Like there's a lot that they could do with just Vader. So that, that's a great that is issue, something by that the I way. I would love to see. Yeah. I love that one. Uh, it feels like the most dangerous game. And then like when you feel like Vader's won, like Tarkin turns it around. Yep. For me, I, I just want, like I would love to see Hayden come back because he got a lot of hate for those prequels because yeah. people's coming at his performance and stuff. And I think he, he definitely showed with, with little glimpses here what a better script, what a more natural dialogue would sound like. <laughs> and Ewan too, you know, Ewan, he's a great actor because he made those lines sound great. But, you know, the, those movies were very wooden. <laughs> so for him to have something that to chew on. But at this point, I think it, it would be great to kind of stray away from these timelines and stray away from, you know, these things. Because I think some of them, we're getting to the point where we might know too much. You know what I mean? Do I need every year between Revenge of the Sith and episode four? Like I've already, they've already filled all of our imaginations. We know how they got the Death Star plans. We know the 
it might they might meet again. But what we think is the last meeting of Obi-Wan and Darth before they meet on the Death Star. So like I'm tired of kind of like those things being filled in. Like I would love for them to kind of explore new ground and introduce new characters that are, are force sensitive that are, you know, fighting that battle like there's there's plenty of people and while this is going on it's very clear that there are people you know fighting for their life <laughs> that we don't get to see so i'd love to see that i'd love to see some of the politics come back into star wars see how like some of these planets interact with each other and i'm always for less tattooing so yeah, <laughs> if, we can, if we can get off this planet i get it they they have a set now because of like the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett is like hey let's just reuse it we could just roll the next show but I I I am done I am done <laughs> I am done 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 with that planet so if they could introduce things like that I am am more than happy for it and you know I think what Disney needs to understand is like yes we love these characters and stuff but we love the name Star Wars if you put lightsabers in it the force some stormtroopers people are going to be there to buy it we don't need you know someone to be obi-wan's second cousin well we didn't talk about this they you know he brought up a brother that they never brought up again that's true mm-hmm. that's probably that's probably a spin-off <laughs> that they'll want to do and i'm done with it i i would love i mean i i'm gonna be there first day for all of this stuff but i think you know in order to move it forward they they kind of need a character would once say they need to let the past die <laughs> i'll say they're gonna go from tatooine to jakku but all this stuff like i don't really want them to sometimes go away from the Star Wars family, or not the Star Wars family, the Skywalker family, I want them to stay with them because every time they say something about these Force-sensitive kids or just other stuff out there, I'm like, really, Sazerk, you're trying to create a narrative that redeems everything you did with The Force Awakens and those three episodes, and that left too bad of a taste in my mouth for you to redeem it. So, like, don't try too hard. Just... Give me some more Darth Vader. Give me, like you said, more lightsabers, more politics. I think that stuff would be great. Like, don't try and lean into the Force-sensitive mysteries of the kids. Lean more into the stuff that you know we're going to like and just sprinkle the Force-sensitive kids in there because the entire time in this series, I heard Force-sensitive kids. We're hunting Force-sensitive kids. I was like, Where, when are we going to learn that Palpatine has a mini-clone? And to go to your point, what he, maybe he's going to realize I can't actually replace Vader. I've got to create a clone of myself. And there we go. Maybe that, that's what it is. And I, I don't want that. I think those, the Force Awakens trilogy was not the best. And there's not a lot you can do to redeem it, in my opinion. If you can redeem it, that's even better. But there's not enough out there to redeem it. I think the, the problem that Star Wars often runs into, whether it's the the original trilogy, the prequels, the sequels, is anytime they are apologizing for what they did, they somehow dig themselves in a deeper hole. Yeah. So like Last Jedi, whatever you feel about it, had they not made the third movie essentially an apology for The Last Jedi, but also a sequel to The Force Awakens. We wouldn't be in this spot if they had just figured out a way to kind of like, all right, you don't like it, but we got to continue these threads. You know what I mean? Because if not, this movie makes no sense. And the same thing with, you know, some things in the prequels as well, kind of like, like, hey, like, I wonder if Jar Jar would have been able to be redeemed if they, you know, figured out a way to 
put him in the stories and the, the second and third one and stuff like that. And then also like some other things too, like, hey, like if you had let Lord and Miller finish solo, you probably have a solo sequel because it wouldn't have cost so much <laughs> and it wouldn't be a flop. You know, it 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 costs so much because you had to reshoot it. And basically, before you even finished it, you're like, all right, we're sorry. This, you know, this different tone in Star Wars doesn't work and stuff. So I always find that like Star Wars is at its worst when it's apologizing. So I just want to see it, you know, break new ground and, and take us in directions that we don't may not necessarily think we want to go in. You know, we talked about it with like Young Justice, like as much as I didn't like some of the directions, like they found a way to kind of take us to an interesting place and somehow tie it all back. So I would love to see them give, you know, creators more freedom to kind of explore different areas, but keep it to the core of Star Wars. Well, I will say if it's like a beacon of hope, I, I think that's what they're going to try to do with the Ahsoka series. And I, I think that's what they wanted to do with Rebels and Bad Batch. Of course, it was easier in animation. But I'm happy to see that they're going to take the risk into live action. I'm hoping with the new Ahsoka series that they just focus on finding Ezra Bridger and in that whole group and in that the the unknown lands. And hopefully it's success. And then they realize that they can actually branch out from the core Skywalker storyline and then eventually away from the timeline. Because I'd love to see the old era, the, the original Republic and all that stuff. That's what we all want, I think. Yeah, I feel like they're holding off on that because they feel like it, it's going to make so much money. They're like, we got to do it right. <laughs> they're like, yeah. we're saving it for the movies or, or whatever, because it, it kind of makes no sense. They haven't really touched it yet, but it almost feels like they're like, hey, like, I don't know. That's like the McRib. You know what I mean? Like we do. We 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 could only pull it out every once in a while, because if we if we keep it on the menu all the time, people are going to get sick of it. So we have yeah. to figure out a way um, to kind of do it right. Yeah, that's true. But with all these things, um, what's great is there's enough for us to um to talk about. And also there's enough to kind of be like, hey, if if this didn't work, this is the the only Star Wars I get. There's still great comics. We have the Mandalorian season three coming out. What's the name of the the Jude Law project that seems like it's gonna be like a whole movie with like John Watts? It's gonna be on Disney Plus, but like some of the concept art they showed at um at Celebration. Skeleton crew. Skeleton crew. Yes. Yes. That's why that's exactly why we have a Star Wars expert <laughs> on the show for these things right here. Human encyclopedia. But those are really cool things because it, it does seem like they are branching out in some like little ways. In that case, Skeleton Crew looks like a, a big project. So I'm excited to see that. But you know, if if you're excited for these things too, you know, please listen to the podcast, follow us on, on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Please let us know in the comments now that we are on YouTube what you think of the discussion, join the discussion. And we got a lot more things in the works. So hopefully you guys are listening. And with that, bada boom. Bada boom. Bada boom. Bada boom.